Oh hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery, to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. Hey guys, it's Grace here. So this week's episode is going to be a little bit different. I've gone rogue. <laughs> Let me explain. Along the way of recording my amazing chats with guests on Pep Talk, I've just kind of noticed like a few reoccurring themes, I guess, popping up along the way. Issues, niggles, stumbling blocks, things that are common to a lot of businesses and just people doing stuff in general. So I've decided to bring in a few special topics to my pep talk chats. Don't worry, I will still interweave these with the amazing businesses and people that I interview. But I'm also just going to throw in the way every few weeks a shorter special topic kind of chat. Need to come up with a better name for it, but work with me. It's either going to be me, uh, if it's something that I know about, um, or I'll bring in some experts to kind of talk it over with me and answer some questions. Hopefully we can also bring into this that you guys can ask your questions in advance for the guest or the topic. Let's just see how organized in advance I get to make that happen. And I will also do my best to get these onto my website so you can refer back and use them as a bit of a resource that's handy. So if you have any topics or questions that you'd like to cover in these uh, special topic chats, hit me up. Let me know what's on your mind what you'd like a hand with, or what you're just nosy to hear more about. Either business, life, career, just come at with me with some ideas. Oh hey, it's Grace. I'm just interrupting myself (laughs) to jump in really quickly to say a very big thank you to our sponsor of today's episode, Hatch. Hatch is an online system where you can buy shares in US companies online. Something that was previously very, well, I don't even know how you do it before. (laughs) The coolest thing is that they're all companies you've heard of and that you and your friends use regularly. Like Pinterest, Uber, Netflix. I have honestly used all of those companies in the last week more than once. So I've been having a tinker around on my own Hatch account and I've bought some shares recently. I couldn't resist Pinterest because... Well, who isn't a little bit addicted to Pinterest? But I also discovered this really cool fund on there that's called the Gender Diversity Index, I think it is. So I put a bunch of my investment into that. It's like a kind of pooled fund where all of the companies in there are all led or owned by females. Yes, now that is something I can definitely get behind. And so far, it's doing pretty well as well. If you haven't already heard my episode chatting with the co-founder of Hatch, Kristen, make sure you have a listen. There is so much gold in there, all about what it's like working at a tech startup, women in leadership, and so much more. If you want to jump onto Hatch yourself and have a little bit of a play around, you can use my special link to find out more, and you will score a handy $20 credit when you deposit $100. Just head to hatch.as slash peptalknz. I'm super thankful to Hatch for sponsoring Pep Talk. I love bringing you these chats, but they take a lot of time and a lot of love. So this helping hand from Hatch means I can bring you more Pep Talk goodness well into the future. Make sure you give them some love back when you can. And now, back to me. 
And so moving on to today's chat, we're going to cover all things getting started today and actually a little bit more specifically starting paralysis. I guess since this is kind of the first topic chat, it kind of makes sense to start with getting started. What a very good place to start. Because I heard this stat recently that In this survey that was done by Weebly, which is a website building platform, one third of Americans are more afraid of starting their own business than jumping out of a plane. (laughs) And I mean, I am so terrified of jumping out of a plane, so you can probably tell I would rather start a business. But I guess it's not that surprising when you actually stop and think about it, because it is really scary when you start a business uh, or do something along those lines, you're putting yourself out there. And no matter what area of life, when you put yourself out there, you do something different, you go out on a limb, you're always pretty nervous. And I honestly don't know if that ever goes away. And maybe we don't want it to. Maybe there's a little bit of magic in the nervous. It keeps things interesting. We never got we never get bored. I heard something once where someone said that they get worried if they lose that nervousness, if they lose that like tummy flipping, a little bit scared kind of feeling because that's where the magic is. That's where the growth is and and that means that you're doing something right if you're putting yourself out there and it makes you a bit scared. But what you need to get good at is being nervous and feeling that fear, but still doing it. I shared a quote over on the pep talk Instagram not that long ago that said something along the lines of, being brave doesn't mean you aren't scared. Being brave means you're scared, really scared, but you do it anyway. Force yourself to get over that hump. And then most often than not, once you take that first step, things get easier from there. Well, I'll say they get easier in terms of being nervous about putting yourself out there. I cannot promise things will get easier in general because if there's anything we've learned from Pep Talk, it's that in the words of my last guest, who was Tesh from Raglan Food Co., everything is a challenge in business, but a fun challenge. So it definitely goes without saying that fear is pretty much the number one thing that stops most small businesses from succeeding or even starting. Like just imagine all the amazing businesses we could be talking to on Pep Talk that just don't exist right now because the fear of failure has kicked in and has wrecked someone's dreams and plans. So I thought that what I'd do to get started on this chat today is just share some top tips for overcoming that starting paralysis, if we call it that. It really is a thing. These tips are more of a kick up the bum (laughs) and also some practical and a little bit more woo-woo ideas to get you started. This is less of the literally how do I start and more of the I want to start but something's stopping me. We'll cover that how to start, like literally what the fuck do I do? We'll cover that on a separate topic, I think, because that's too huge to cover at once. But let's cross that bridge together of I've got this idea, I want to start something, now what? And then once you get over that hump of starting paralysis, we can dive into some more practical first steps in another upcoming episode. So here goes. All right, number one, write your fears down. 
Now this might seem a little bit airy fairy and I'm not telling you to get out a sparkly pen and a diary with a padlock on it and write down your thoughts and feelings if that's not your jam but no shade if it is because I love a sparkly pen but with most things in life it's the noise in your head that makes it seem way scarier than it actually is. All of those concerns and fears and what ifs just like twirling around in your mind. So one technique that I know lots of people use is to write down a list of the fears and everything that you're worried about. Don't worry, writing them down is not going to summon them into being, like looking into a mirror at midnight on a sleepover when you're 12. It's actually the reverse. Writing them down lessens them. It gives you power over them. You are in control. Plus, if you are a really practical person like me, it also gives you a bit of a starting point to address each one figure out what you're going to do about it. I literally did this when I was starting this podcast. I was nervous about starting this podcast, I'm not going to lie, but I wrote down everything I was scared of and I still have it here. I write these lists in a document on my computer, all of my planning lists, so I still have that document and it says things like, what will people think? I won't have time to do it properly. It could be really cringe, hopefully it's not really cringe, sorry guys. It's already been done. I'm not qualified. These are literally things on my list of fears. And you know, who knows if this actually works, but you're listening to this right now and pep talk is going strong three months later, 22 episodes down. So one way or another, I got over those fears and here we are. What does that tell you? All right, moving on to number two. Take the first small step. What I'm talking about here is don't aim to have the entire business launched and ready to go and turning over a million dollars next week. Just write a list, yes, another list, you're sensing a theme here, I love a list, of every single practical little step you need to do to go from where you are now to where you want to be and write it in chronological order. Then begin with number one. Don't think ahead to number 22 right now. Just do number one and do it today. Do it right now. Again, this is what I did when I was launching Pep Talk. And again, I still have that list in my document on my computer. Yeah, it's a really long document. It's like 34 pages long. But looking at my list now, it literally says, one, decide if doing for sure, eek. Yes, it actually does say that and it even says eek in brackets. You see, I told you I was nervous. Number two, figure out how to publish a podcast. Number three, decide on the best platform to use. Number four, work out costs. Number five, write a top five list of first guests and so on and so on. I literally wrote out every step and then I did them one by one. Sure, down towards the end is record the first episode, launch the first episode. But I didn't focus on those things at the beginning. I started off just Googling how to publish a podcast and I just went from there. And this is super in line with so many of the chats I've had on Pep Talk and I think it applies in all stages of business. For example, talking to Roman from Fix and Fog about their USA launch not that long ago. They said they're not trying to become the biggest peanut butter business in the USA. They're just gently launching one peanut butter window in one city and one state. And they're going to do that well and then they'll move on to the next step. We used to have this mug in our house when we were growing up. I think it was like a fundraising mug for breast cancer. And it was illustrated by Paul Holmes. And it had a picture 
picture of a pink elephant and it said, eat the elephant one bite at a time. And when I'm thinking about this topic, I always think about that mug. It's just so true. And I'm going to add a little bit of extra for experts on this one that I think that you should try and make one of those early first steps something that makes you feel like you can't not do it now. I hope that makes sense. Like pick something that means that you can't back out of this. Like you're on the road. It's a happening now. So for example, with me in this podcast, I emailed my first guest, which was Shut Up and Dance. I asked them to come on the show. And I'm like, oh shit, I can't not do it now. I've got a guest. Like you feel like you can't back out. So that's a little bit of extra for experts. Number three, shut up your perfectionist tendencies. Shut up, Perfect Polly. And this is something that I'm working on a lot because I do have perfectionist tendencies. And I think maybe there's a risk of that sounding a little bit snobby, like, ooh, everything I do is perfect. But that's so not what it means. It means I want everything I do to be perfect. It doesn't mean it is perfect. It means that I want it to be. And often I'm not happy until it is, which is actually a bad thing. So the mantra that I have for this one is telling myself, done is better than perfect. And I didn't come up with that. That's really common, but I think it's so true. Most of the time, you can go back later and make it perfect down the line. But for now, it's just so much more important that you just get moving than it be the perfect finished thing straight away. And something that I try to remember on this topic is that often I think we get caught up comparing ourselves to other people. Just on last week's chat on Pep Talk, Tesh from Raglan Food Co. said, comparison is the thief of joy, which is so true. And comparison in this context means that you're often like, well, so-and-so has a business like this and they're so good at it. And if I do this business, my business won't be as good as their business. I mean, this applies in all areas of life, but I'm looking at it in the business context. But I think that if you remember, when you're looking at other people who are successful in the industry or the area that you want to work in and you compare yourself to them, you're looking at their finished product. You're looking at their end and you're comparing it to your beginning, which is just so unfair on yourself. I think one tip I heard for this is that if you see someone you really admire in a similar space to you and you feel maybe a bit intimidated or you're getting caught up in comparison swipe way back on their instagram right to the beginning it takes a while <laughs> it takes a while to load but keep going back and back and back if they've still got it there and you'll see you'll realize that they weren't as polished and perfect as they are now when they started either they just got there through years and months of experience. Always keep that in mind. All right, next up, I think we're up to number four. Tip on overcoming starting paralysis. Ask yourself, what is the alternative if you let fear win? Like hypothetically, say that you want to start a business selling, I don't know, um, personalized nappy bags online. And you've been dreaming of this forever and you think it's such a good idea and you're like, one day I'll do this, but not right now. Not right now, I'm, it's way too scary. It's, it's too scary. I'm too busy. I can't do this. So it's always niggling away at the back of your mind. You go to bed one night, you wake up in the morning and you open Instagram. Isn't that what we all do first thing in the morning? <laughs> you scroll down and bam, 
someone has launched the exact same business selling personalized nappy bags. Just imagine, imagine that sinking feeling you would get in your gut. And I'm not saying that just because someone else has done it means that you can't. There's space for everyone in their own special way. But just use that as a bit of a tool to fuel you. Like, could you stomach it if someone got in first and opened that business that you've been dreaming of? Now I want to talk a little bit about visualization. I don't know what your personal relationship with visualization is like. You might not be into this stuff, which is totally fine. And you can skip this bit. If you can hand on your heart, say you don't think it'll ever work for you. There's no point forcing it if it's not your jam. But for me personally, this is huge in everything that I do. I'm not across the brain science and whatnot behind this, although I did actually read a really great book recently if you're interested in reading more. It's called The Source by Dr. Tara Swat. But basically my understanding of it is that your brain doesn't know the difference between visualized things and real things. So the way that we use this is that we're basically tricking our brain into thinking it's a done deal and an amazing success and that makes it happen. I'm sure there's way more to it than that and I could be wildly wrong, but that's kind of in a broad sense how I see it working. I'm not going to tell you that you have to go into a darkened room and put on some soothing music and cross your legs, although I'm sure that's great if you're into it. But like I do this kind of thing when I'm driving or just chilling or eating lunch or going for a run or just daydreaming in general. And what you have to do is get in your mind a really clear image of what your business or plan looks like. Get really specific. If you want to open a shop, see yourself walking towards the door, see your, your hand opening the door handle. What does it smell like when you walk in? What can you see on the wall? What does the logo look like? What is the packaging like? I'm always excited about that bit. Touch it, taste it, smell it, feel it. How good does it feel on launch day? Imagine yourself at the launch party with all of your friends and family around you. What are you wearing? What are you going to say in your thank you speech? You need to picture it so clearly in your mind that you could practically be there. Now, this is the kind of thing that takes a bit of practice. It's like a bit of a muscle. You've got to work on it. And after a while, you can use this for so many parts of your life. And it, and it just kind of comes to you easily. This stuff does get a little bit into the kind of law of attraction, the secret and things like that, which is maybe a topic that we could cover off separately down the line because it's a pretty big one. But for now, I just want you to get comfortable feeling your dream or your business or your plan and using that as a tool to make things happen. All right, guys, next up, and I have totally lost track of the number, maybe number five. What is the worst that could happen? So I want to share something that I've always found really helpful in pushing myself to get started. I ask myself, what's the worst that could happen? Like literally figure out your backup plan from the start. And I want to be careful with this because I'm not telling you to imagine every bad thing that could happen and obsess and worry and lose sleep at night. I'm talking more broadly speaking, just knowing if this doesn't work, what would you do? So, for example, when I started Sweet Bakery and I was signing that first commercial lease, it was like, what if we can't pay the rent? Like, that's freaking scary. And my answer to myself was, I'll sublease it or I'll partly share the kitchen space. Commercial kitchens are really in demand and I know that someone will snap it up. 
that's just an example but it's basically all about covering off those key concerns you have and figuring out what your fallback plan is for each one so that every time your mind says but what if but what if you shut it down with an answer you say what if that's what (laughs) You do that straight away and you don't let yourself obsess or worry too much about what could go wrong because most of the time there's a pretty okay backup plan for most things that can go wrong that even if of course we hope we don't we're not going to need them but if they do happen it won't be the end of the world. Now a lot of this stuff I think comes down a little bit to pride and being a little bit worried about what other people will think. I covered this a little bit in my first solo pod episode I did a while back while I talked about when I started Sweet Bakery and I think that not worrying what other people think is a bit of a lifelong work in progress for most of us and I don't have like one simple answer to to give you to this but one thing that I always try and remember is that people really aren't thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. Most people are truly, honestly, only thinking about themselves. I try to remember a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt on this. You wouldn't worry so much about what other people think of you if you realized how seldom they do. So even if something goes wrong or you fail and people make a comment or post something online, it's just a moment in time. I know that it feels huge to you. It feels huge in that moment. But, you know, if you ask someone in a couple of weeks' time, they'll probably have no idea. They won't even care. Everything is always bigger in the moment. And even one night's sleep later, it's much less of a big deal. I remember one time at Sweet we had a little, and in retrospect, pretty tiny, bit of bad PR about something, someone posted something online about something that we did at Sweet, and I still stand behind what we did, but they put it out there, and I was devastated. I mean, I was like eight months pregnant at the time, which probably had something to do with it, but I was just so upset that people were saying something about the business on Facebook. I just cried and cried and cried and stressed out. But honestly, looking back, if I asked you what that was, I don't think any of you would even remember. I truly, genuinely think that when you put yourself out there, most people are more impressed and proud that you are putting yourself out there and trying something new, even if you fail, rather than judging you for failing. After all, they have probably got something that they've wanted to do, they've wanted to try themselves, and they didn't have the guts to. And then last up, I think we are, last up now, I'm going to say you should talk it over with someone. I think often it's tempting to keep our ideas and our plans and our dreams to ourselves. It's, It's much safer, right, to never tell anyone what you're dreaming of, to avoid that risk of embarrassment or failure. Like, what if I tell my friend that I'm thinking of starting this business and then I never do? Or I try to start it and I fail. Well, let me tell you, I think it is a heck of a lot more embarrassing to never try. (laughs) Plus, I think just saying the words out loud, I am going to start this business or do this plan, it is the biggest first step to actually doing it. Once it's out there in the universe, it is one a million times more likely to happen than when it's tucked 
locked up in the safe confines of your cushy little mind and no one will ever know about it, right? That being said, you do need to be a little bit careful with who you tell or who you seek advice from. Don't go asking your most negative, cynical friend. And don't ask a friend who has never put themselves out there in their life. If you do that, you are bound to get discouraged or some of their own personal blocks around projects and plans are bound to rub off on you. Try and think of someone who is practical, kind, encouraging, who's been supportive of things that you've done in the past. Maybe someone who has a project or a hobby or a business themselves. Even if you don't know them that well, don't be afraid to ask them out for a coffee and ask if you can pick their brain. You would be so excited who is keen to help and support you. The kind, the right kind of people to ask are going to be those people who are happy to help and will say, I'm so excited for you. I can't wait to hear all about it. If you can't think of anyone in your life right now to provide this kind of sounding board role in the early stages of your plans or your business, I've got an idea. How about me? (laughs) I'm popping a tab on my website right now called work with me and yes this is the perfect example of being scared to put myself out there but doing it anyway so now wherever you are in the world you can pop onto the website and book in a time for a coffee or a chat with me grace and there are a few options on there in terms of what you'd like to get out of it so if you're wanting a bit of a sounding board confidentially to run an idea past or you think that you just need to kick up the bum someone who is encouraging and practical and kind and will be your biggest cheerleader we can go for coffee or a virtual coffee and you can bend my ear i promise you i can't wait to hear what you're planning so there you go there is my top three which kind of turned into maybe six or seven (laughs) tips for overcoming starting paralysis so just to recap we had write them down face those fears (laughs) number two Take the first small step. Eat that elephant one bite at a time. Number three, shut up, perfect Polly. (laughs) Done is better than perfect. Number four, ask yourself, what's the alternative? Could you stomach it? Number five, visualization. (laughs) It sounds woo-woo even when I say it, but trust me, it works. Touch, taste, feel, smell. See your business or your plan in your mind. Number six, Ask yourself, what's the worst that can happen? Oh, and I guess there was a number seven because that was talk it over with someone. And remember that that someone could be me. So I'll leave you with one last piece of advice as is custom on Pep Talk. This time it's a quote from Amelia Earhart. The most effective way to do it is to do it. I love it. So simple. But whatever that thing is that you've been thinking of doing, dreaming of doing, always wanted to do do it thank you so much for listening i can't wait to share more topics like this with you soon please let me know what you thought of the episode and remember if there's something that you you'd love to cover or you want to ask just sing out i'm always here for questions or tips as well you can find me on instagram at peptalknz or email me hello at peptalk.co.nz and we can chat more don't forget to head onto my website which is peptalk.co.nz and check out the new 
the work with me tab to find out more have a great week guys until next time bye